Welcome to the Engineering for the New Reality podcast series, where we're talking to our engineers and leaders about the fresh challenges that have emerged for businesses and the various steps that need to be taken to engineer a safe and sustainable future. And today, we're going to be talking about something that's probably on the top of the mind of everybody. I'm talking about cybersecurity. And to talk about this, I have with me our cybersecurity specialist, Atanu and Komal. Guys, welcome to the podcast. How is it going? Hey, thanks. Thanks, Akshay. Going good. How about you? Great. Thank you. So, Atanu, first question to you. Over the past couple of months, we've seen a surge in cybersecurity attacks, especially on enterprise networks. Right. So how has the cybersecurity landscape changed for businesses and what are the new things that they need to watch out for? So let's, let's see what has changed in the last uh, you know, few weeks or months. Uh, the thing that has happened, this pandemic situation has got in is an unprecedented change in the way people used to work. Everybody suddenly had gone remote from the way they used to work from office. Most of the enterprises, barring few, were not ready for this. Uh, they were used to with 10%, 15%, uh, at the next 20% workforce working from home. Uh, but in current situation, they have rapidly enabled 100% workforce to work from home. And in this situation, the primary thing that keeps coming to people's mind and the objective is there should not be any business disruption. There should not be any productivity loss. And when they focus on that and enabled remote working, uh, looking at that, their security infrastructure might not scale. That's one part. And second, there are many organizations who think they are small enough to attract uh, eyes from uh, cyber criminals, which is, which is very much wrong. You know, it doesn't matter how small or big you are you can get violated at any time. And there are a lot of different type of attacks that could happen on you. Uh, first and foremost, you know, any enterprise can have data breaches. Uh, this is where exactly uh, the cyber criminals try to seek in and uh, get data out of your company's database. It could be personal data, it could be financial information, it could be credit card information, and all these get sold into a uh, black market and dark web. Uh, second, I am sure you have heard of ransomware and malware. Uh, this is where you know cyber criminals uh, they attack your systems, break through your network, encrypt multiple different systems, and you need to pay them ransom amount. Most of the time, as a uh, you know, uh, it could range from twenty thousand dollar to few millions of dollars. Uh, and uh, until you do that, you don't get access back to your systems. And it is not guaranteed that once you pay, you will definitely gain access back. Uh, third, uh, DDoS kind of attack, you know, distributed denial of service. Uh, especially if you are a hosted service provider, this kind of attack could cause a huge downtime. And statistics says you could lose any time up to $20,000 per hour to one lakh. Uh, dollar per hour based on the size of your business. And uh, I would also point on uh, people uh, related issues. You know, 
I do believe people are the weakest link in your security because most of the people are unaware of what they are doing, unaware of uh, things that could cause breaches, and that's where you need to focus on uh, managing your workforce, training them adequately, and making them uh, realize that how they can ensure cyber security for themselves. as well as for the organizations and of course company has to invest on security they need to uh, know their security posture and act accordingly so atanu building on what you just spoke about uh, what must companies do to safeguard against these new challenges and will it require a substantial monetary investment So the first and foremost thing that I would recommend any organization to do is knowing your security posture. There are standards, compliances available. You should do an audit to figure out where do you stand in terms of those compliances and standards. Once you know your security posture, you have to set a goal to improve your posture. You know, in a five-point rating scale, if you are at one point five today, you need to aim at how do you go to a level three. right and for that you need to have a gap analysis available with you it could be of varied range and you need to hear carefully balance between your risk taking appetite and your capability to spend or invest on cyber security you need to first uh, you know take care of the low hanging fruits and then go for strategical development to take you to a higher level of security posture so this balance is very important a second you need to have a good policy on how do you identify the gaps on an ongoing basis your policies and procedures should be ready to protect from any threats whenever uh, you know you are being attacked or breached you need to ensure that you have a mechanism in place to detect that you are under attack and that needs to happen asap industry statistics also says that a breach or ransomware attack may go undetected for weeks uh, it could be 100 days that you don't know that you have been attacked so that gap has to be reduced that's the key and then of course you have to have strong mechanism to respond to the threats and recover from it and continuous improvement and uh, you know i would also suggest uh once you know the gap analysis once you uh know your threats you also need to have a continuous monitoring mechanism in place to safeguard yourself so let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about products and komal you could perhaps uh, share your perspective here as companies go about engineering new products what must fundamentally change in the way they look at security you know atanu has been talking so much about uh, the need for products to be accessible and controlled remotely so will it require a complete overhaul in the security architecture sure akshay so i guess uh, with the entire situation that's happening around us uh, the way we know technology will change going forward the way we uh, use and access connected products the use cases everything will completely change and it will become more and more critical to have a secure architecture design in place while you are thinking of creating a product uh, because 
because the criticality of the use case will be so high as an example uh, we should expect more and more use cases of uh, remote connectivity for uh, telemedicine iot and uh, and these typical connected devices it's not new to have uh, malware attacks uh, across these devices we have seen uh, botnets in 2017 18 and 19 so it's not something new to attack these devices for uh, by the hackers but now the way the use cases will evolve it will become more and more important to have a secure by design approach uh, wherein you integrate security as part of the concept the idea itself before you move into development so atanu could you talk a little bit about ltts's remote security monitoring and managed services offering what is so unique about it and how can it bring additional value for customers uh yes i'm sure Uh, so you know remote security monitoring uh, is nothing new to this uh, industry in it industry it's been there for probably uh, uh, two decades but as the threat landscape is changing uh, cyber attackers are more and more focusing not only on it but on iot uh, iiot and ot infrastructure so when we Uh, designed our managed security services we focus not only on it but we put our focus on how do we monitor protect our customers who are into iot iiot as well as in ot domain as you know uh, iot iiot it is bit uh, different from ot specifically it and ot differences if you see the devices that you monitor is different the kind of work environment is different and all uh, the protocol layers you know from the it and ot is entirely different when you talk about it it's uh, probably you know http tcp ip traffic that you are talking about but when it comes to ot there are bunch of different protocols like modbus profibus profinet and uh, so on and so forth so there are big differences between monitoring a it network versus a ot network and we exactly ensure that our monitoring service can cater to both it and ot security need i'm happy i'm happy to tell you that we have now these process in place which can safeguard our customers from it threats iot threats as well as ot threats so that's a you know complete value chain that we bring for our customer so atenu ltts has engineered a bunch of security microservices right that are specifically suited to the needs of industry 4.0 automotive and medical customers so could you talk a little bit more about them and what are these microservices and why should companies consider adopting them in order to fast track their security goals Uh, sure Akshay. i think uh, i'm glad that you brought up this question so there are two part to ask you know answer the first uh, to start with uh, why did we build these microservices or security microservices so when we looked at our customers uh, from various different domains you know we talk about automotive we talk about medical industrial product consumer product media telecom even our process vertical the thing that we see in common is everybody is getting connected 
And when you looked at what you need when you get connected in terms of security, we found uh, six or seven different items that are common across industry vertical. Maybe the implementation is a little bit here and there different. The standards are different. Uh, but mind you, all the standards and compliances tells you what to do, not how to do. So we picked up the queue from there and designed these microservices which caters to all the industry vertical that we play with. Second, we also looked at how uh, these services are being leveraged right now by our customers or the industry. In you know, most cases, uh, there are services available which makes you or an organization to bind with one particular service forever. There is nothing that are available uh, which you can deploy at your own will. You know, you can deploy on on-prem, you can deploy on cloud, you can switch from one cloud to another cloud. There was nothing such as available. So keeping this two in mind, we have designed our microservices for identity and access management, you know, commonly known as IAM. Uh, we have developed a secure storage service. We have developed secure firmware over the air and over the air upgrade service. Uh, we have designed our own sign and encrypt uh, library, which supports most of the well-known common uh, encryption algorithms. We are working on secure remote command execution, and we'll also come up with our own PKI infrastructure. So all these microservices that we have developed, uh, the biggest feature is here you can choose one microservice to use or multiple. You can bundle it together, or you can use few microservices from it and mix and match. Just for an example, you know, IAM is not new. Many, many service providers are providing. And it might be the case you are using an IAM from certain providers. We don't ask you to throw that IAM at all. IAM provides the base for all other security services. You can keep your existing IAM service and take our uh, secure FOTA or secure firmware over their service, uh, our uh, you know, sign and encrypt service, which will work on top of your existing IAM infrastructure. So that's the benefit that we are getting to our customer. We are flexible, customizable, and you can choose from what you want. And second part of your question, Akshay, how is the microservice being adapted and helping? Uh, so this, I think, has changed uh, the way architects were architecting, uh, you know, traditional cloud or backend services. These microservices are small, small entity uh, which you run as a separate service and it provides you tremendous capability of scaling up uh, and ensures high availability. So microservices is the way to go. And that's where you know, we also have built all our security solutions as a microservice. Right. And so, you know, typically based on the experiences that you've had with customers, uh, what are the, the typical cost and time benefits that companies would get as opposed to building an entire solution from scratch? Uh, so actually, you know, I think uh, one thing is gone are the days when everybody looks from building something from scratch. It's not viable, you know. A typical IAM, building a typical IAM, 
service, uh, depending on what kind of uh, business you have, uh, could take you uh, six to seven months and uh, uh, probably 10, 15 people working on it, right? So it's a huge investment uh, that you have to do. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of solution providers that are available. And uh, you know, I told about how we are unique uh, in this domain. Uh, choosing us ensures that your time to market is very high. The six to seven months of building the service comes down to few weeks of integration and probably customization. Max to max four weeks timeline, right? And uh, from the cost point of view as well, the cost of building this microservice will be much higher. And I would say if you take a ready-made service, it could be, you know, one-fifth or uh, one-sixth of the investment that you make if you try to build it from scratch. Thanks for those insights, Atidu and Komal. I'm sure it gives businesses a lot to think about. And to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in. To listen to the other episodes of our podcast series or to discover more amazing content, do visit our website at www.ltts.com. Thank you and have a nice day.